step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. He's done it again! Marcus Rashford on his Premier League debut! Aguero! Harry Kane does it again for Tottenham Hotspur! Leicester City! What's up, everybody? Welcome to another World Cup special of the uh, Premier League podcast here on Fanwreck Sports. My name is Sebastian Oren. With me, Elliot Niblock and Pauli Costell. Uh, we're going to break down here what happened in Group A, Group B, and Group C, and Group D. First couple match days here as the World Cup is finally underway. So far, so good. I know there are some positives, there are some negatives. But we'll go in chronological order here and uh, start with Russia-Saudi Arabia, our opening game. I just have a quick question before we start. How much are we breaking down this and how much are we just shitting on Fox? Because I need to know what frame of mind to get into. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I... Only only a small amount of of shitting, mostly breaking. Yeah, I mean, I can uh, put the R-rated tag on this episode. That's totally fine. So I'm all for this. I mean, we could start with that, honestly, because I feel like that's sort of the overhanging theme here, unfortunately, uh, throughout the opening days here, has been the debate over the quality of Fox soccer and their It's so like, ridiculous because this World Cup has been objectively amazing. And I just feel yeah. like I'm not going to remember it that way because I oh, there's I- every time... Every time I just tune in, it's like there's something taking away from everything. And at one point on Friday, I like fired up an illegal stream and got the BBC stream of the game. And I just didn't hear commentators for a bit. And then all of a sudden I heard a guy talking and like you just remember that sometimes they just go like they say the guy's name and as he dribbles and then he passes to a teammate and they just say the next guy's name and they let the game speak for itself. And everybody on Fox just doesn't stop talking and except I mean, for Derek Ray, Derek Ray's tremendous. I'll always love him. Um, and but he's with Allie Wagner, who I despise, who I actually thought didn't do terrible in her debut. Um, she didn't do terrible, but she, yeah, she didn't do terribly. That's that's damning with faint praise. It's as far as we can go. Right. Like, all right. I'll, like, I'll, I'll I'll put I'll go this far. She was better than most of the people that Fox had, which is like, yeah, but that's <laughs> I mean, that's like a limbo bar that's set about 10 feet high. Exactly, and I just feel like that's what I'm going to remember this for. And I tweeted it on, I think Friday, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. Like, I like, I, I happen to like Rob Stone, but when I hear his voice now, it just it triggers this reaction in my brain of like, you're about to watch an incredible event, and it's going to be ruined because your ears are going to be bleeding. Yeah. No, I mean that I mean, that it's... was that was the main thing from the Peru Denmark game here today. It was extremely painful to watch that game because of the commentary 
Like it, well, it I'm, gay, I'm split no. on that. Everybody's split on that guy. People love that. People actually love that. I can't stand the ready, set, fire. I can't stand how he said, boom goes the dynamite when they scored. Um, I'm okay. I'm I okay. Understand. Really? Oh my God. Yes, because it's the Danish dynamite. No, no, it's the right, Danish dynamite. And so okay. that's why he said that phrase. But the thing was, okay. the thing there was like, I'm, I'm totally fine. I was having an argument or not argument, a discussion on Twitter with this too. It was like, I'm all for his passion. That's totally fine. That's great for the casual fans. Uh, that someone is this passionate about it. But the thing is that he's he's not educated enough, in my opinion. And but none of the people on Fox it, are. It is very incoherent because he's basically shouting the whole time. And you can't... Right. I'm having a very hard time understanding him. So he did, he did games at the Confederations Cup last year and... People were loving it, and they were like, well, this – it's like he's bringing that Mexican flavor to the United States. And my whole thing was like, okay, cool. Like, that's what they enjoy in Mexico? Sweet. Like, and you know what? Like, if yeah, I'm Mexican... but it's like, it's like a prepackaged for American Mexican flavor. Like, this is Taco Bell versus proper El Pastor in the streets of Mexico City prepackaged flavor. Right. Also, like, if I'm Mexican and that's what I want, I'm going to watch Telemundo. Like, I'm going to watch the game in Spanish. Like, just because he brings yes, that exactly. Mexican flavor, like, that doesn't mean that's what American, like, American fans want. No, I agree. And I mean, we, it's not a problem that is just located here. I know there's commentators. I mean, from my perspective in Sweden, there's also commentators that are just loud and won't stop talking. I, I feel like sometimes less is more. And... The fact that oh, his yeah. that his, the color guy came off as being extremely nervous, and he didn't <laughs> add anything of value to this. The game. color guys haven't added a single thing of value so far. Oh my will, god! So, like, so my friends and I have been we've been we've been constantly making jokes about Doctor Joe because Doctor Joe is the least valuable. Per- he adds nothing to any broadcast, and it's hilarious. And and my friend said he was like. He's like, the NFL has so many ridiculous rules that you need a former ref on the broadcast to explain everything. Yeah. And Fox just went with – they didn't bother to, like, change the template when they were like, we're covering a different sport. But they're like, what do we need? They're like, well, we need a play-by-play guy and a color guy, and we need the rules analyst. Like, because that's their template. And and then he said – and then he, like, made this joke. He's like, like, they 100% had a discussion of, like, do we send Joe Buck to Russia, like, to commentate on oh, some of these games? And hey, I okay, sat there and, and I was, I, like, we were laughing about it. And then I was like, wait, now that I'm thinking about it, I was like, I'm so jaded that I'm thinking, like, Joe Buck, like, might actually do a good job at this because he doesn't talk a lot. Like, No, I mean, there's – Yeah. I'm, and and at one point a, I did switch to Telemundo and yeah. – by God, they, they don't, there's not a moment of silence in that broadcast. No. No, and I, I feel like that's, it's a shame because this is supposed to be, you know, a very joyous occasion for all of us. We all love this game and have been looking forward to this tournament for a very long time. And that it's yeah. being, that, that the experience is being soured because of poor commentating. It's I mean, a shame. Like, here, it's, and people are saying like, and people, 
like I made it. I I tweeted something about John Strong today, tweeting that like when he said after the game, Iceland beats uh, Argentina one one, oh, and people were like, "Wow!" It's yeah. a, he said, "Let me borrow a line from an American newspaper," and people were like, "Oh, it's the Euro snobs!" Like, uh, yeah, no, screw you! Like, like, you know, I expect a quality in this broad. Like, there's a quality to the broadcast that I've come to expect. From being here like now when I walk into a McDonald's I don't expect the quality that I would get in a four-star restaurant but that's my choice to walk into McDonald's and so if I go in there and, and say wow your qual- your service here is terrible like I'm just I'm just an a-hole but you have put this on to me by by outbidding ESPN who mm-hmm. certainly raised the bar and and in 2006 ESPN did did their coverage. They used a lot of Americans and they came under a lot of criticism. I don't remember yeah. enough and of it so to, in, to do it, but they listened and they, they hired, changed it. They hi- yeah, they hired Martin Tyler. They were like, they listened to the criticism and they changed. Right. And Fox sent people down to Brazil in 2014 to, to, to be with ESPN. ESPN allowed them in. ESPN allowed them in to watch them and to talk with them and everything. So Fox would have an idea of what to do for the world cup. And it's pretty much like they just said like, okay, we know what the fans want, but like, we think the fans want this. Like we've heard what the fans are saying, but we still think they want this. Yeah. And they're just, that's I mean, just what they're throwing at us. And it's, it's I'll, just such an insult. Like just come at me. And the amount of factual errors that have come out of these, these people's mouths, not just like, okay, that's a bad take, but just, no, that's blatantly wrong. Yeah. Has like, been astonishing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, mentioning a club that a player hasn't been at for a year. Right, like today, like, I I texted you guys that today during the game when he said Kelechi Iheanacho, like, Manchester City forward. And I was like, you know, he hasn't played there for a year. And, um, you know, yesterday, uh, Stu Holden, he said something like, like, David De Gea has been Premier League goalkeeper. He said Manchester United, and he said Premier League goalkeeper of the year. Uh, four years and like for four four times, and I was like, uh, I don't think that's true. Then yeah. later he said Manchester United Player of the Year three times, and I was like, actually, it's been four. Um, yeah. And what well, what and today? Oh, today! Like, to, to, well, today it was just more just uneducated because uh, during the France Australia game, in the rule that Fox apparently has, where this whole World Cup is just about Messi and Ronaldo, so obviously they're only talking about the the Argentina and Iceland game coming up and JP Del Camaro, who I think is the best American soccer announcer that is, that is living, but he's being forced to work with Tony Mayola, who has proven that he got the job because he has a hundred caps for the United States and definitely not about his knowledge of modern soccer. They were saying, Oh, it's a big loss for Argentina that Sergio Romero, who is a backup goalkeeper for Manchester United and made 10 appearances this past season. That's a big loss for them because now they have to go to Willie Caballero and he's a backup who didn't get a, a lot of chances to play this year. Willie Caballero made 13 appearances this year, which is more than Romero. So if that's your, like now, if you say Romero is better and does a lot of things and is more familiar with Argentina, cool, valid argument. But when your argument is, Willie Caballero is a backup who didn't get a lot of chances to play this year, and that's why it's a big loss for Argentina. Uh, you better check your facts. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and your point is well taken, not only in terms of, like, the 
specific factual inaccuracies that we've heard a number of times, but also just kind of like the annoying damper that's placed on the World Cup by all of this. But I have to say that, yeah, it, it as Seb put it, like it sours the experience a little, but I have still absolutely loved this World Cup. And in two years, I yeah, I'll remember that Fox was kind of shit, but I will remember more vividly that amazing Portugal-Spain game. I remember all of the, you know, the late winners that we've seen, even just not not even through match day one. It's been, but, it's like, been but that's the point and is so, that's the point is, and, and like I mean, let's get to this sooner around the later. I just don't want the Fox thing to to bleed in. Is is Iran plays Morocco in a massive game because if you are like me, you don't think Portugal is that good, and you think yeah. that one of the other teams can go through, which means it is vital to win that game. It's vital to get three points against the other team. You hope Spain wins. You hope to get and and the key is draw Portugal or beat Portugal or draw them. But and then you know it's it's pretty much what the United States did: win, draw, loss, yep. go through on goal differentials. And so it is vital to win that game. And it goes nil-nil until the very end where Iran scores on a crazy own goal, which was a glorious finish, but just on the wrong net by Morocco. Yeah. yeah. And they go to the studio. <laughs> they go to the studio and it's like, oh, 95th minute winner. We get to the main event, Spain, Portugal. And it's like, why don't you freaking talk about this game? Because those two yeah. teams deserve it too. Absolutely. And it was heartbreaking. Like when, when we saw the ball bulged the back of the net i was totally certain that it was an iranian on the end of it because it was such a bullet header but it was like oh it was right. a diving header but it was an intended clearance i felt i felt so bad for that man yep okay let's backtrack and let's get into the games here a little bit more russia they opened up the tournament by beating saudi arabia five nothing uh, they got an early goal through gazinski then um and then they and then the floodgates let's they scored four times. Yeah, but the, oh, the thing is, they were so bad. They were yeah. extremely bad. They, I mean, there were even a lot of murmurs, at least on uh, Swedish Twitter soccer sphere, about a possible, you know, fixed match. That's how bad Saudi wow. Arabia were. I don't think so. I think they were just bad. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, like I'm... it was. It but was I'm rough. This was the least I mean, entertaining five nothing game I've ever seen. Yeah, every time Saudi Arabia got the you know, ball, actually, it... wow. Yeah, but it wasn't the thing is that it wasn't just Saudi Arabia. I mean, I think Russia is in a obviously with five goals in a phenomenal place to go through after their first match. But oh yeah, they were both giving the ball away in the middle of the park like it was their job. Yes. Like Russia. Okay, was so with the, all right, all right. Pause, pause, because now you're. Now you're buying into the thing because that you're buying. Now you're buying. In, you're overrating one result. Russia is really bad. That is how bad Saudi Arabia was. Because the the takeaway from this game is should not be oh Russia was good and they should be going through now. It's no um, Saudi Arabia was really really bad and I still think Egypt is is in the driver's seat for this and. I'm, trying to pull up the odds right now but i said it right away i went "Ooh, when egypt loses to uruguay tomorrow I went, we're gonna get real good odds on egypt to beat russia and i think egypt will beat russia because saudi arabia was unbelievably bad 
And you can't think that this yeah. is how bad. I think nerves got to them and everything and playing in the opening game, playing against the host country and playing in a World Cup. I think that all got to them because you can't possibly have qualified for the World Cup if you're this bad. Yeah. If they score a goal in this group stage, it will be the, you know, I think the height of the achievement that they can realistically aim for. That's about it. Yeah, it was a good, it was ultimately a good night for Russia, though, even though Alan Shagoev had to come off injured at uh, 24th oh, that was, minute. That was uh, they're most, not they're most, not that heavily favored against Egypt, by the way. Yeah, most likely he will miss the rest of the tournament. Uh, he was replaced by Denis Shereshev, though, who had a very good game, scored twice. Um, so we'll see what happens going forward. Is Egypt our next game? Yeah. 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 Uh, Egypt, they suffered a one nothing defeat to Uruguay. Um, late goal in that one, Jose Jimenez, 89th minute. Heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, in the end, I feel like it was a well-deserved win for Uruguay. They had a lot of chances uh, in this game. Their midfield yeah, was I mean, so bad, though. Yeah, their midfield was poor, and Egypt defensively was astounding. They were so well organized. I mean, the you know we didn't see their the forty five year old senior statesman who is tipped to be their starter in goal, but their goalie had a phenomenal game. They had a like he had an absolute stunner. It was great. I don't know why they did not put Mo Salah in in the seventy or seventy fifth minute. I have an answer for you. Must have been told. I have an answer for you. He's not because they were on top of the on top of the game. He's not fit. They were. I mean, I. That's the reason. I was. I was. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: is that they were so on top of the game from the 80 to 85th minute, and there were a couple of chances that they spurred that I thought, you know what? I bet Mo Salah finishes that. But if he's if he's really fit enough to make the bench, like I just. It, it surprised me. Uh, well, I, I mean, everybody in the World Cup gets to be on the bench. Even more than I already do. Everyone in the World Cup gets to be on the bench, so it's not like he made the bench. Now, if we had to select yeah, on match fair. day 18, would he have made it is a different question. I think. I, I also think Egypt had no plans to use him um, because, you know, at the end of the day, they, 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 were, they were in the driver's seat to get a draw, which is a better result than what they were expected to get, quote-unquote. Yeah. And, and really, when you're, when you're playing in this group, it's, hey, we're probably going to lose to Uruguay. Let's try to keep it to a goal, and let's beat Russia, and let's beat um, let's beat Saudi Arabia. So right there, everything's going down the plan. So if Mo Salah's not fully fit yet, why risk him? And, yeah, you ended up losing on a last-minute goal. That's, that's a risk you take, but at that point, it's like, damn. Like, you know, what, like with seven, when 20 minutes to go, you're like, well, why bring on Salah? Because – this is going the way we want. And then when you, you know, maybe if you give him a goal in the 71st minute, it's a different story, but you give him a goal with one minute to go. It's at that point, it's too late. Yeah. I mean, seeing his face after that winning goal was so heartbreaking, even more so because it was his birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor Mo. Poor Mo. Yeah. We'll see how they do in their coming games here. Uh, Let's take a quick break before we move over to uh, Group B. So we'll be right back. Okay, so Morocco, Iran. 
one nothing win for Iran. Pauly, like you said, very, very big win for Iran here. Uh, very bad game, though. 95th minute <laughs> own goal by Assis Bohadus. This World Cup did not get off to a good start. Well, well first, yeah, I mean, those first three Egypt games Uruguay was a good game. Egypt Uruguay. I don't think so. I think I think I think Egypt did what they do, which is defend, and I think Uruguay wasn't that good. Um, And then they got a late goal, and and you're letting the drama of a late goal over, like, be like, oh wow, crazy ending, great game, great finish over over I like what actually wasn't a great game. And the same thing happened in Iran and Morocco. Uh, We uh, all, I mean, we all know the the premier match of what we've seen so far, and we'll get to that. But I think that. Egypt's defensive heroics were interesting to watch. Like, I was interested throughout that match. Morocco-Iran, I was bored a lot. Yeah, and and Morocco and Iran kind of had more chances, but, like, neither team even bothered trying to finish them. Yeah, and, you know, the first high-profile game was the Portugal-Spain game. That's no doubt about it. Cool, so, Seb. Work for Fox. We're talking about Iran, Iran, Morocco, right now. No, no, <laughs> no. But I mean, that—that's part of why you know a lot of focus wasn't really on these first three games. Yeah, I get it, but like, also, it's the World Cup. Like, and and at this, like I said, all right, people aren't high on Portugal, which means people were looking at this game like, wait, like a lot of people picked against Portugal to, to to get out of the group, but not necessarily like, I think Iran's going to get out. I actually picked Iran to get out of the group, and for the same reason of, I don't think Portugal's getting out. So it's not so much, I think Iran's going to get out. And people didn't say, oh, I think Morocco's going to get out. It's more just, I don't think Portugal's going to get out because I think they're wildly overrated, like they always are. So which one of these teams is going to do it? Like, which one will get out instead of them? And a lot of that comes down to, Who's going to win this game? Which makes it a massive game. Yes, it is not the two sexiest teams out there. And I get in America, um, there aren't that as many Iran and Morocco fans based on population and our relationship with both countries out there. But it's a massive game. And you can't just disrespect it like that. Like, I get it. Like, it's not going to be the most pleasant of games to watch. But then again, neither was Argentina and Iceland, and everybody was excited for that game. <laughs> yes, but that has a lot to do with Lionel Messi. I mean, mm, not even. Not even. People love Iceland. People love Iceland. And that, Iceland went into that game right from the get go, being like, dude, we're just going to defend the entire time. And I'm um, like, I'll save my thoughts on that for, for yeah, when we'll, we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll but... get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, so uh, Portugal, Spain. Can I go to that game now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't. I, I don't care. I'm so ready for this. Okay. So, <laughs> a uh, we got some goals in this one. Three three draw. A uh, hat trick by Cristiano Ronaldo. A brace from Diego Costa and a goal from Nacho as well. What did you make of this one? Our first high profile game of the tournament. It's an unbelievable I, I game. Can, yeah, I I cannot I cannot remember. I didn't think of one other international match, which is actually a U.S. women's match, which even comes vaguely close to this game. It's it's one of the greatest games in World Cup history, and it might be the best game that we see the rest of the tournament, which is kind of sad to say. I'm sure we'll see a lot of other fantastic games, but it's like a early goal that changes the complexion, a screaming goal later on, you know, multiple lead changes, and 
a perfect free kick to seal both a hat trick and I think a very deserved point. Like it had everything. Oh, and also a goalkeeping club by David De Gea. <laughs> yes. So uh, I that that thing was like the worst thing that ever happened to me. I was like, David yeah. is finally on this big <laughs> that stage. Might be oh my god, yeah. he just flubbed one worse than anybody's ever done so before. He nah, yeah, it was he like it wasn't it was yeah, US I was gonna bad. say green against the US. Right. I mean it wasn't Robert Green bad, but like it, but like Robert Green is not held to the same standard as David Dehead. That is very, very true. I remember that goal so well. I was in a uh, bar in London for that game. I was the only one rooting for the US in that game. Uh-huh. And then Green greened it and I was very happy and people were staring at me. And then, uh, then I said I, mean, I, I live, that goal. I lived there and they're like, Okay, you're okay. Um, oh, I mean, it was that goal was to something, but to, to yes. Haya, like you don't expect that from David. No, you don't. But at but the same this, time, it's I'm happy he does it there. Star and oh man, I I was just like, and and it's Ronaldo of all people. Like and and you know, part of me loves Ronaldo. I love young Ronaldo. I love everything. And then the, the other part of me hates who Ronaldo's become. And. <laughs> It was I also hates the constant media narrative about Ronaldo versus Messi in the world. Oh, God. I, you know what? In hindsight, like, I wish Messi could have just won a Copa America so that we wouldn't have to deal with this. And be like, <laughs> all right, neither of them have won the World Cup, but they both won a t- Like, you could have even won the fake make-believe we're just trying to make a shitload of money Copa America. Like, yeah. you could have you won that one, and I'd be okay with that. Like, just win one of them, Leo. Um, but ultimately, like, this, I mean, like, this isn't to take away anything from what Ronaldo did because Cristiano Ronaldo put on a goddamn show. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. it was tremendous. But does it change my opinion of Portugal in any way, shape, or form? No. They no. They got a soft penalty. Let's let's just uh, describe their I, three goals. Soft penalty, on, but I, for me it's a penalty. For me it's a penalty. I think it is. I think it is. And... Um, I think it is, but I think if it wasn't given, take VAR out of the question because VAR would have made it a whole bigger controversy. I think if we take VAR out of the question um, and it wasn't given, I think we would have been okay with that. Ronaldo clearly knew what he was doing. He kicked that ball on, knew that there was a leg there, and went to the ground. Yeah. So take VAR out of the question. If it's not given, I think – We'd all be okay with that. Ergo, it was soft. It's it's true. You could have soft penalties that are still penalties. And yes. yeah. as I, as I said, like I agree, it was a penalty, but, yeah, but it was soft. Okay, let me ask you this: Is it given if it's not Ronaldo? That's a, also a good question. Yeah, probably not. That's a, that is a good question, and I think the answer is probably not. So, or at least it's not given initially, and then it's up to VAR. But yeah, that's fair. Ergo, soft penalty. Um, and as we saw today, like, kudos to Ronaldo for actually finishing it off because apparently yeah. penalties oh, aren't perfect. a given anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then what else happened? All right, then his next goal was just the flub of all flubs from David De Gea. And his last goal was just an unbelievably perfect free kick, but again, a set piece. And that yeah. was how I mean, Portugal... I, I, yeah. I mean, that was I how Portugal that, got. I mean, all hey, but that's how Portugal got all their goals. So the point is, don't is, knock set pieces. I'm not knocking set pieces. It's more just: did Portugal do anything to help out Ronaldo today? No. Um, have they still won a game in 90 minutes 
in their last two major tournaments? No. So this team is still only going to go as far as um, as what's his face ta- as Ronaldo takes them. <laughs> and today they got help. Yeah. And today they got help. And Iran is Iran currently is sitting on three points. And if Iran goes out there and gets a result against Portugal, they're still in the driver's seat. <laughs> I mean, and I, I think you're absolutely right that this is, this was always Cristiano. This was a defensive team that is Cristiano Ronaldo's to carry or not to carry. And yeah, he carried them yesterday, but to your point, he got some help. And I think that without a goalkeeping slub, without that maybe kind of soft penalty kick given, maybe he still scores that beautiful free kick and then they lose 3-1. And they're going to do that when they come up against strong opposition in the knockout rounds. I mean, I would be, I would be absolutely shocked. Even if Ronaldo continues to excel throughout the tournament, even if he wins the golden ball and the golden boot, I, well, he probably wouldn't win both, but I would still be shocked to see them in the semifinals. Disclaimer, my money's on Romelu Lukaku to win the golden boot. Mm-hmm. So I do not think he's going to win it, but Ronaldo's off to a good start. But I also think, um, I wasn't on the preview shows, but based on, Lukaku's history of scoring against middling Premier League teams and not against big clubs, and that history actually translates right over to the national team where he scores against small, smallish countries that aren't actually threats to win the World Cup, but he also has uh, 19 goals in 20 games under Roberto Martinez for the national team. Tunisia and Panama, he could easily have five goals going into that game against England. Yeah. I think he'll win the World I think he'll win the Golden Boot. Hmm. You only need six. Hamas won it with six, and he only made the quarterfinals. It's very easy for Lukaku to get six. Yeah, we'll see. Hope. Uh, anything about Spain, though, that we want to say? Do you think they can? They're good. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. The thing they're is, good. is they're old, and and it's a tournament. And the quick turnaround in a tournament, not so much in this, because you get like six days between your first and second game, but like three or four days between your second and third and then when the knockout rounds come, it's it's much faster. That can start to weigh on them. So yeah, but they're I, I, they're old, but they're they're old, but they're deep though. Is the thing uh, like they can? Yeah, it just depends on how much okay. and how well they rotate. Okay, but know? as good as you are, you're not Iniesta. Yeah, but I yeah, that's 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 fair. He has certainly lost a step though. I think that's clear. I mean, like Nacho's goal in this game was a thing of absolute. Oh beauty. my god, he hit that so pretty. But that said, like, it was gorgeous. And so it's going to be hard for, you know, Spain fans to see him on the bench. But I think that Alvaro Udriozola is actually a better right back than Nacho. I think Hector Bellerin is at least as good a right back as Nacho. I mean, he doesn't, he never plays for Real Madrid. But he is a good player. He scored a wonder goal. And I, my hat is off to him. But I think he's a good example the diff- of that. Right, like, but like the, the difference in this team and the ability to rotate the squad. But also the difference the difference is that if you're Spain, you don't necessarily need a very good right back. Yeah. True. It's it's Germany played four center backs in the last World Cup. Why? Because they're Germany and they didn't need good fullbacks. They just like in that regard, they just they needed guys that can defend. And it was like if you beat us for pace, like cool, but like you're not gonna do that. Like so if you're Spain, maybe you don't need the best right back. Maybe you're able to put somebody like Nacho who could push forward and, and do things like what he did out there because you're not worried about teams hitting you back there like that. Yep. No, that's well, true. I think that's why uh, Denny Carvajal is not you know, getting tips for the starting role in that position. 
Well, that and he's coming off an injury too, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what his level of fitness is really. Okay, let's move on. We had four games today, Saturday. Uh, first out, we had France. It was a lot. Australia. Oh, my God, it was a lot. Yeah. Up, it was so much. I was up early for this one. France, Australia. France, you know, a lot of people say France, you know, they didn't have a very convincing game, but they did win 2-1. to one. Um, Goals by Griezmann on the penalty and then Paul Pogba. They were not convincing, but convincing. Yeah. So I, I don't understand uh, all the hate that Pogba got for this game. Well, people were like, well, he, he did all the time because he has hair. But no, he cut it. He so we, all right. So that's fair. He got another haircut. He got another haircut, and I understand what that soccer players can't be good if they get haircuts. I get it. Um, They're like Samson, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, like God forbid, this guy got a haircut and he shaved off all of his hair, um, which also states a point of like, hey, it's not about my hair here. I have none of it. Um, but. People were mad because he didn't stamp his impact on this game, even though he had a goal and an assist. And it was like, well, what else do you want him to do? Yeah. I guess he just, yeah. I guess like he wasn't control, he wasn't bossing the midfield as like the most dominant player ever. And people were mad about that. But it's like, okay, like, what do you want him to do? Like, you needed two goals to win today. He had a goal and an assist. <laughs> what else do you want? <laughs> I mean, I think that France, I mean, I, I, I in the, they they need they need to play better than they did today if they are going to go deep and even win this tournament. But yes. also we talk about this all the time that you want to build into a tournament and they managed to get a result despite not necessarily playing even halfway up to their potential. And that's fine. That's that's actually maybe perfect for them. Yes. Well, also what it comes down to is um and we, we discredit Fox for everything yesterday or the day before. Yeah, yesterday, it wasn't the game that he was covering. It was a different game, but Stu Olden, he tweeted something about how it's hard to get these things done on this dry pitch with long grass. And I went, well, why is the pitch dry and has long grass there? And then I paid attention to the game for France, and it looked very much the same. That ball was not skidding. That ball was just stopping. It looks like that they don't know how to water fields in Russia oh, and that they, they keep the grass it. a bit longer than normal. And France was constantly playing balls that just died, that don't die when you play in England or in Italy or in Germany or yeah, in France. Gonna, or anywhere else, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and and you could tell from the way the ball was bouncing, like on a, on a ball that they let drop, like all of a sudden it would take a bounce and it would just die. And it's like, okay, yes, the field is very dry. And right there, like, and this is something to keep in mind for everybody that, pick Brazil to like walk to the final. Like it's the same thing. It's going to F you up because you play this through ball and it just dies at the end. And that kind of is what happened on pub was through ball to Griezmann. It's like, you just uh, like, I remember in college when we used to play intramural soccer and we played on turf and you'd play a through ball on the ground and that ball would just fly. Oh, like yeah. it went oh, way further God. than you expected yeah. it yeah. to. And then and it was this played is... on that. <laughs> then the ball had a burn mark from the turf. Yeah. Right. Or like, and you kicked uh, it in the air and it would bounce and it would die when it bounced. And it was like, all right, dude, if you want to kick it far, keep it on the ground. If you want to kick it not far, put it in the air so that it bounces and it slows down. This is the exact opposite. It's just, if you put it like when you kick this ball through, it's just going to die. And yep. 
that makes it much harder for teams like France who are trying to be dynamic. It's going to make it hard for Brazil. It's going to make it hard for England. It's going to make it hard for Germany. It's going to make it hard for these teams. And kudos to France that got through that. They also got through the fact that Australia was trying to foul them every single time they uh, touched the ball, which included a great hit from Dr. Joe, who came on and said, Australia's game plan is to foul them. And this ref is from Uruguay and he's calling the fouls. And it looks like Australia is not happy with the fact that he's calling the fouls that they are intentionally committing. Yeah. 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 I mean, we should again, say again, that, this guy that, gets paid. This guy gets paid a salary to say things like that on the air. Yes. Yeah. Well, we should also say, though, that that match was specifically played at the Kazan Arena, uh, where Ruben Kazan play, and they it will not be featuring in you know the premier matches in the knockout rounds. Yeah, but I don't I don't care if Ruben Kazan play there. Like it's now a World Cup venue. You can water the uh, freaking no, grass. But, well, like, yeah, no, no, Old Trafford, they that. water the grass at halftime. And it's raining at Old Trafford 38 days a year. Like, not 38 days a year. Um, All about 38 day, days right. a year. How many games, how many games yeah. a year do United play at home? But uh, give or take uh, 18 plus some cup games. So give or take 27. It's raining for 26 of them. They water the grass before the game and during halftime. Like yeah. you can water the damn grass. I Maybe they haven't got the all clear from Putin. Who knows? He's like, no, no. Conserve water. Um, okay, the other game in Group C, that was Denmark against Peru. Denmark got a one nothing win in this one, thanks to Yusuf Poulsen, who had the lone goal in this one. Uh, Christian Cueva missed a penalty for Peru right before halftime. And, Brutal. you know, we, we talked about the commentating and stuff for this game. It, it, it was hard. I literally got a headache. <laughs> it was that bad, uh, but we're not gonna. We've already talked about it, but it, it was hard to watch, and I definitely made sure to you know turn what? down the volume, volume in the second half. I can't hate the commentary for this game because it was the it, it was a Mexican announcer that Fox hired with the specific intention of doing the Mexico games, and ESPN had the same situation in 2014. They hired Fernando Palomo, who was annoying to me. He's a famous Mexican announcer, and his job was to do the Mexican games, and because you're paying him all that money, it's like, all right, you're also going to do other games, and it was annoying. But if this World Cup was on um, was on ESPN, like we'd be getting the same situation. So this is the one situation where I just can't hate it. But yes, the ready set fire, like, oh my god. Yeah. Well, not, I, I... not to not just to mention, he says by the time he says fire, the ball's already been kicked, and like. It's like you're still like if that was God forbid a goal, like the ball would be in the net by the time you by the time you went fire. Yeah. And then it would I just mean, go straight that... into the goal. Uh, which well, that I, think it's I, I don't have any problem with. I don't have every pro- any problem with the goal. Uh, but everything else, you know, for me at least, very annoying, and it did it didn't help people. The casual fan who turned into this game didn't learn anything. <laughs> my my biggest problem is is that Fox is so determined to only compare to either make this Messi or Ronaldo or compare people to other people. Yeah. 
So when when they're lining up for that player, I didn't hear anything about Casper Schmeichel other than his dad is Peter Schmeichel, and he's trying to live up to his dad. And oh, like if he saves this, like that would put him up there. Like, don't talk to me about his dad. Talk to me about him. Like that's so disrespectful for a guy who like. Denmark is not saying Casper Schmeichel, you're our number one goalkeeper because Peter Schmeichel is your dad. Like, no, he grew up and he and he he played at Man City and he sucked and he got demoted there and he like went to the championship and he and he managed to catch on at Leicester where he worked himself up and and won the Premier League with Leicester yep. and worked himself to becoming the national team goalkeeper and all you could talk to me about is. His dad was Peter Schmeichel? I mean, how disrespectful is that? No, that's very, very true. Casper uh, has done a lot of good on his own, uh, you know, despite having that name to sort of live up to. I understand that you mention his dad. That's fine. That's fine, and it's fine to do that, like, at some point in the broadcast, but don't do it when he's about to face a penalty. Don't make the penalty all about, like, oh, you're trying to live up to your dad. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, very important win for Denmark, though. Um, yeah, I think they've, they, I don't, I don't want to say this because I think Peru played a pretty hard fought game, but at the same time, yeah, they it's did. hard for me to see, it's hard for me to see this group. Peru was the better team. Peru was the better team. They couldn't finish. Yep. They couldn't finish. And part of that was Casper Schmeichel and part of that was they shot wide, but yeah. Peru was the better team. And also like when, not as we go back to the penalty now where I just gave them crap for not giving Casper Schmeichel credit. Why do you have to take a 15-yard run-up? And when you – like, you, the guy literally took a 15-yard run-up to the ball, did the, did the Ronaldo the stutter, stutter step, step yeah. at 12 yards out, and he still had ages to go to the to the ball. I laugh when he kicked that over the bar. I'm like, yeah, you just ran half the field, dude. Like, yep. like Ronaldo did that stutter step. He was, he was five yards behind the ball, and it was stutter step and then still, like, three yards, and boom, yeah. ball's in the net. Like – why did you run half the field? Yeah, that was a bit awkward. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, they're going to face, you know, when they, I don't feel like Australia is an easy opponent. They're going to keep roughing, try to rough people up, and they have a good goalie too in Ryan. So, Australia's captain, the guy, the caveman with the massive beard, has been the captain since the t- 2010 World Cup. Like, eight years is just astonishing. Oh, Yelladinuk? Yeah. Yeah. Aston Villa. Hey. Yep. Um, yeah, he got a goal for Australia, so that's nice. Also a penalty. Over to Group D. And, uh, Paulie, you alluded to it earlier. Argentina and their game against Iceland. 1-1 draw here. Goals by Sergio Aguero and, um, let me not butcher his name too much, Alfred Fimbugason. And then a missed penalty by uh, Messi. Saved penalty. A saved penalty, okay. Saved penalty, yes. Per saved missed. Penalty. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah. Hannes yeah. Halldorsson. He was, was not the skied over the ball. Yeah, Hannes Halldorsson with the save. Uh, he is... Uh, I I forgot the tweet here, but I think he works like as a video producer or something. Yes, that's it. Yeah, he's a movie producer. The right back is a salt Salt miner. Yeah, he's a salt miner. That is amazing. I love that. Meanwhile, the center backs, how has no team snatched him up yet? Uh, are you talking about Sigurdsson? I'm talking, no, I'm or, no, I'm talking about the center backs. The, the, the pair of center backs, like when Messi got the ball on his feet, and now we've seen Messi get the ball on his feet in La Liga, 
and just dance through everyone. Like that ball is Velcro to his feet and it doesn't matter. And he tried to do that several times today. And the center backs just stuck a foot out and just nicked that ball away. And then when they tried to chip in, there was a center back sticking his head in um, and and heading it away. And you just couldn't get through them. And even on Aguero's goal, Aguero was being mauled by this guy and managed to turn and unleash an amazing turn and an even better shot that just rocketed into the corner. But it was not for lack of defense. That was just incredible effort by Aguero and incredible talent. Yeah. No, uh, I'm. I'm, I'm not. Other time. Like, I'm not I saying. Mean, I'm not saying Gilfie. I mean Ragnar, the center back. Oh, I mean I don't know their yeah. name. So yeah. to yeah, me, right. they were just the center backs. Okay. And and I mean how like United fans complain about Chris Smalling. Liverpool fans complain about Dejan Lover. Arsenal fans complain about everybody that's not Koscielny. Uh Chelsea fans complain about Gary Cahill. Fans in other countries, I'm sure, are complaining about their center backs. We have spoken on this on this show all the time about how there are just no center there are no elite center backs out there. And I am not gonna go out there and say these guys are elite because they had one great game, even though Iceland don't concede goals. No, and so it, well, how has no one snatched them up? Well the thing the thing is with Ragnar Sigurdsson, I've followed his career because he used to play for IFK Gothenburg. So after the Euros, he signed with Fulham. And then he went, because he came from uh, FC Krasnodar in the Russian Premier League. Uh, went to Fulham, didn't play too much there. Uh, went back on loan to Rubin Kazan. And then in January, he signed for Rostov. So he's, he, I highly doubt, even if he has a phenomenal World Cup, I don't think he's going anywhere. Well, he's 31, but like... Yeah, yeah he is. And Corny, Corey Arneson, he's 35. It's, how are they only... You know, how are they not playing for big clubs? Like, how have they never been playing for big clubs? It it, it boggles my mind. I mean, don't say never, because Jose Font just got... Where did he just go last year? And he's 31. Is he? Th- I thought he was 32 or... Th- th- let's see. He might he's 34. He's 34. Jose Font? Yes. Didn't he just make a big move a uh, year ago? I, I mean, he was Southampton for a big... Long time, then West Ham, and now he's in Dalian Yifeng. So I don't know if you would call West Ham a big move. I wouldn't. I mean, it was a big. It was kind of a big. I mean, so, sorry, transfer. sorry, West Ham, but yeah, I mean, but he was good in the Premier League for a while. Uh, right. I, I, it just boggles my mind how like these guys are just like you've never heard of them, and it's like. We we just we've seen Messi just go through teams in La Liga. We've seen him go through teams in the championship in, in the Champions League, and the, he tried going through them several times today, and he was not successful a single time. And it's like you haven't even heard of these guys. Yeah, no, I mean Carney Ar- uh, Arnason. I mean he played. Okay, I'm gonna just gonna go back a couple of years here. So from 2009, he played for Plymouth, Aberdeen, Rotherham, Malmo. Ammonia in Greece, uh, then Aberdeen, and now he's in Vikingur, back in Reykjavik. Uh, so yeah, but Ragnar Sigurdsson, yeah, I wish he would have picked a better, you know, higher place team than Fulham after the Euros, because I think he had a phenomenal Euros as well. So and and then and um, yeah, I mean they all did. Yeah, we it. Yeah, that just it boggles my mind that they that they can't 
that they can't do that. And then it's funny to like see everybody saying like, oh, like then the defenders of Messi come out and it's like, well, Ronaldo has a good team around him and Messi. Messi has a very. And I'm like, Messi has Di Maria and Aguero and and all these guys. Like, let's let's not do that. But again, then the problem is that. All right. So Iceland, my whole thing throughout this whole game was, all right, Iceland are coming out to defend and they're playing really well. And it's fun to watch them do this. Like, they play the most boring style of football, but it's actually fun to watch them, which is simply incredible. It just felt like every time I, I did that, I was like, I was looking at them being like, wow, they're playing really well, and it's been it's been a long time, and they've defended really well. And I'm like, it's been 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, and the end of this game, literally just, I said with 80, in the 85th minute, and I went, it just feels like Iceland's been tremendous this game, and there's a heartbreaking Argentinian winner coming. Because yeah. it just... Yeah, I mean, Messi came out and, you know, criticized Iceland for the way they played. But, I mean, they want they want to get a result, and this is how you get a result. This, this isn't even – it's not even like, hey, we, we played this way to get a result. This is how they play every game. They play bad teams like this. They never possess the ball more than 40% of the time, and that's even when they play like Kosovo. Like, they play bad teams like this. And Iceland players have come out and said, like, you know what? Yeah, when we first – when it was Lars Langerak, the Swedish coach – who came in and said, this is how we're going to play. Like, Log back. And whatever. Yeah. Did you think yeah. I'm going to pronounce the name correct? I mean, um, you can always try. But yeah, I mean, that, and that was his philosophy when he coached Sweden too. They were boring was, as hell, but they they still managed and, to get some results. And the players yeah. were like, the players were like, this is boring and this isn't fun and whatever. But then they started getting the results and they were like, we'd rather do this and win the games than like play it the other way and, and they, they sit there and they say look we're if we tried to be spain and we trained all of our players to play like spain and and that's how we played we would end up being a very bad version of spain yeah. so we have to play in a way to maximize our talents and this is how we have to and they've all bought in like you sit there and you say like all right so swansea or everton they ask gilfie sigurdsson to be their number 10 and they say you don't have to worry about defending so much we need you to create and everything and then you go to the national team where they go, yeah, we need you to do that, but you also have to defend for 90% of the match. He's bought in. Every single one of them have bought in, and they all work for each other. Yep. So this and, – and we criticize them, but, like, let's give them credit for where credit's due. Stu Holden during this match, and you just said, like, you should look at the two different teams in Argentina and how they're trying to do – they're trying to press the way uh, somebody else pressed, and they're trying to pass the way that Spain passed. And they're trying to uh, do the flair the way Brazil does the flair. And it's like they don't know who they are versus Iceland from the get-go has always known exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah. And they, they came out and they played that way. And it shouldn't have been – Spain's manager, uh, is his tactics is not the perfect fit for the talent that Argentina have. And Argentina like to press, but they're not very good at pressing. Yeah. And well, I mean, for Spain, I mean, matchup. yeah, I mean, really, we sort of glossed over that storyline too, with you know Fernando Herrero taking over the Spain team with like two days before the World Cup. Yeah, that that was bizarre. Uh, you can't ex- you can't be the Real Madrid coach and be managing a bunch of players from Barcelona. Ah, uh, for a tournament like this, I, I, it was just. I mean, it was just stupid. Like he should have he should have given them a tentative verbal commitment and then refused to sign the contract until after the World Cup. Yep. And if they change their minds, they change their minds. Also very, very true. Elliot, have you ever have you ever negotiated with Perez? 
because I don't think that's how it works. He's like, I want an answer now. Okay, last group uh, D match here, Croatia. Like, yeah, I mean, yes. you gloss you gloss over it, but yeah, like you you can't you can't be the match. We're we're so used to because for a decade we've seen Spain as this dominant team, but for all of the years before that, Spain were a very much a team in turmoil with inter- interior conflict and that's it that interior conflict exists a lot more now than it did 10 years ago when they were much more unified but like don't think that the it's not so much the barcelona versus madrid rift it's more like there's other things that play and the catalonia thing trust me that's big yeah yep. okay yeah Catalan nationalism is a thing. Yes. yes. Yeah. No, we can talk more about Spain further down the line here. But Croatia, Nigeria, 2 nothing win for Croatia. So, I mean, Argentina only getting a point against Iceland. That's perfect for Croatia. Uh, Tebo scored an own goal for Nigeria to open up the scoring in the 32nd minute. And then Luka Modric made it 2 nothing on a penalty in the 71st minute. And I like what I'm seeing from Croatia. I mean, Same. I don't expect much from them. No, no, you don't. You know, you know, you don't. But I'm still, I'm always feeling like they have these very good players. They have a great core of players, and I really right, wish them well. I really wish that they I could go as, my, as a as a dark horse to win the Euros. But then the Euros happened, and it was like, oh right, they're Croatia. There's also inner turmoil on that team. There's also inner turmoil in that country. Uh, they have issues with the fans and this and that, and. They're I and they have a tendency to come up short, and I think they're going to come up short again. And yes, they are in the driver's seat here. I picked Iceland to advance out of this group because mainly because Iceland are just such a pain in the ass to play against. Yeah. Even Messi can't find space. Croatia ain't going to find space. It's just a matter of can they beat Croatia, which I uh, I think they can get a result against Croatia, and then. Beat, and they could certainly beat Nigeria. So oh, yeah. I guess Iceland now need Argentina to beat Croatia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Croatia, I have to say, though, like I thought it was actually a little harsh that they gave that as an own goal and not to Mandzukic, but he's picked up right where he's left off from club fo- football in fantastic form. Yeah, and I think that he's a, he's a good guy to have up front for them with the style that they're playing now, too. He's always a threat in the box. And then... Yeah, he's good at... he's. He's he can win headers, but he's also a good goal poacher as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I gotta say though that um, Domagoj Vida might have the ugliest haircut of this tournament. That's the center back, right? What the hell was that? Yeah, what is he doing? Like, trust me, we've seen a lot of hair. Like the fact that I don't know his name, but you brought that up, and I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it was God. it was on par with uh, Andy Carroll. No, it's worse. It's significant. So, yeah, the, it's the worse? corn okay. bun it okay. remains unparalleled. The corn bun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know what happened there, but oh, well, it is what it is. So perfect start for Croatia. Uh, we got a lot of good games to look forward to, and we'll, of course, come back in a couple of, just a couple of days here uh, and talk about what happened in Group E through H. Until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Paul is P. Questel. I'm Seb Noren, and Elliot is Keats Better. Until next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.